0: It's been buzzing loudly all weekend. The passion of
1: the crowd and Price Stadium is second to none. The raid breaks out in Columbia. It is good. Gamecock fans welcome home. See how
2: it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go.
1: It's time to root. Let's
0: go, it It's going! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game!
3: Who are your hosts? JC Sherbert.
0: Phil oh, him celebrate
3: now. Phil Mullinex, My wife doesn't like hanging around Luke. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined the oh, other
4: Greetings and good morning, welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics and built by the Barndo Co, the thebarndominiumco.com where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia or in Tennessee, that's where you want to go. The that are one of the U.S.'s best builders for a reason. Make sure you find them there. You've certainly found us here. We're here until one. JC will be in uh, in just a little bit. He's uh, trying to wrap up some stuff for JC and Morgan, and, and then he'll pop in with us here in just a little while. We'll lead off hour number two with Brad Crawford, who over the you know last week or so, has put out some information that certainly got some people talking, his thoughts and predictions for the 2023 SEC football season. So it won't be all Gamecocks in that conversation, but certainly there will be plenty to talk about. There's some baseball stuff to talk about. That's in the mix today and some Gamecock football. There are good things going on, uh, at least seemingly uh, from a recruiting standpoint Uh nothing hard that I can tell you oh I know this but I can't tell you but I can tell you that last night after having some conversations they they feel probably even better than I thought they felt about what happened this past weekend uh on their uh, one of their big recruiting with their big recruiting weekend and all the visits that were occurring in Columbia so uh, we'll, we'll get into some of that here in just a little while as well Phil we'll actually lead off with some basketball news this is This is pretty cool for South Carolina. The ACC and the SEC, their men's and women's basketball challenge schedules have been released, and they overlap November 28th and 29th for the men and November 29th and 30th for the women. The women's side, South Carolina will visit North Carolina on Thursday, November 30th at 7 o'clock. I'm assuming that will end up being prime time. On ESPN, on the men's side, seven o'clock Tuesday night, November the 28th, the Gamecocks will welcome Notre Dame to Colonial Life Arena. So that'll be an interesting matchup for them. But the uh, ACC, the first or inaugural, I guess you could call it, ACC, SEC men's and women's uh, basketball challenge schedules are out. By the way, on the men's side, some notable matchups. Clemson's going to go to Miami, so good luck there. I mean, Miami. Clemson is going to go to Alabama, so good luck there. Tennessee is going to head to North Carolina. Uh, That is certainly an interesting one as well. So um, all that stuff coming up much later on in the year. Duke, by the way, they'll visit Arkansas. Well, I tell you what, Bud Walton Arena will be roaring when the Blue Devils walk in. So some pretty cool stuff on the basketball front to lead us off here on a wonderful and beautiful Wednesday afternoon. What's up, man?
3: Yeah, no doubt. Doing well, sir. Doing well. Do the crazies, uh, do the Cameron crazies travel like that uh, for non-con games and things? I've never, I'm not sure how, what Duke's travel uh, fan situation is. I know Arkansas folks will show up in droves.
4: Yeah, I I, I, uh, I don't, I mean, I remember when Duke came to Greenville, uh, when South Carolina beat them, I was covering that for ESPN. I was on the floor.
3: Yeah, that's postseason, though. That's a little different.
4: Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of Duke fans, but they weren't like the crazy. I mean, the Cameron Crazies are students.
3: You yeah, know? yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I I, you know, I don't know. I don't think nah, students really... probably don't travel then, I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Didn't yeah, know I'm if not... that kind of bled over into, uh, you know, just normal fan bases. But I knew it was student-centered. But <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's um... – no. I... You got to figure they let go of that once they get out of school. Right, it's a you know a, 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 again wine and cheese yeah. conference. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Sorry, ACC. What does that say about the Big Ten though? Because it used to be the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Is that still? Did they do away with that this year? I haven't looked. I haven't either. Actually, now that you think, yeah, of. I wonder if it's like, ACC just you know has decided to continue their uh, run with the premier conference. Uh, that yeah. just happens to be SEC now, not the well. Best. Yeah, I was going to say the SEC. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> I thought they were better. I mean, no, because i have always given the SEC the respect they deserve. It is what oh, it yeah. is. They they set the bar traditionally, but I thought last year
3: the SEC was much better, right? mm Hmm. Right. So, I it, you know just without looking at any numbers, yeah, my gut says the SEC had a really solid showing last year. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was fantastic.
4: This would yeah. this but will be a good
3: be nice. Yeah, well,
4: uh, you know, I I don't actually remember how well Notre Dame did last year. I'll have to go back and kind of check that out. But that will be an that'll be a good draw. There's no doubt. Uh, or, you know, they always try to set these things up with teams that are kind of comparable, or or at least can, they they don't want a bunch of blowouts if they can avoid it. Put it that yeah. way. So they'll, uh, they'll try to compare. So I, I'm assuming both of them are probably fairly similar. But we'll have to check it out. Yeah, already in the. Nana Sports chat box today. Joel, I got you. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Uh, cause I can't, I would be absolutely willing to do that. I love that. Um, but, uh, yeah, just awful news over the last, whew, wow, what? I don't know, 12, 16 hours or so. Ryan Mallet drowning in Florida. Um, yeah. I actually have a, a friend of mine who's on our little family group text who works down there. Um, And, and a, uh, (laughs) but he wants to say this, he works. he works for the government. Um, (laughs) he keeps us very safe. I just can't really elaborate on what he does. It's kind of sneaky, but, but he knows that era area because they train in those waters. And, uh, he said the rip currents down there are brutal. And so it just really awful. Um, just awful. Uh, to hear about Ryan Mount and and just mm, awful. He was fun to watch play, and he was,
3: um, yeah, he's yeah. amazing. He's the most prolific Arkansas quarterback that, yeah. you know, moved on, what, he put seven years in I, the league? Up there.
0: Yeah. yeah, he was in the yeah, league for yeah, a while. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: Journeyman yeah.
3: guy, but, yeah, just hate to hear it. 35 years old, man, just stuff like yeah. that hits home hard
4: it's 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 really brutal i mean just thoughts and prayers and certainly all that all the stuff that you can bring into that conversation with his family and then the in-laws and a nephew of jimmy johnson nascar's jimmy johnson uh found dead after a shooting in oklahoma and it appears that it was a, a murder suicide that was uh, late last night and um i guess uh, the report said that uh, the police report The Muskogee Muskogee in Oklahoma, uh, their police department received a call from a woman who said, quote, there was a disturbance and someone had a gun and then hung up. No. Uh, When they got there, there was a person laying in the hallway inside the front door of the home. They determined that that person was deceased. And then um, after arriving, officers heard a gunshot from further back in the house and uh, tried to get anybody who was inside to come outside. And, um, then they found two more who were, uh, deceased and, uh, just, um, uh, wow. Uh, yeah, it, uh his, his in-laws and their grandson.
3: So just awful. Awful. Yeah, yeah, his nephew. Yeah. But just, yeah. Terrible situation. I mean, just awful.
4: I, I just, mm. hmm. wow. Well, uh, thoughts and prayers well, for Johnson the Johnson <laughs> family, I'm sure I know. Well, I, you know, it's, but it, it's it's it the big there. it's it's big awful news out there. But uh, yeah, I'm no, sure no. NASCAR will do whatever they can to to be there for the Johnson family. That's just terrible. Yeah. Um, some other stuff here. The Nana Sports chat box kind of lead off the show today. Clint said, "Whoa, Hale was right. King Joseph's film is the most lackluster I've seen." For a highly ranked guy, he got a sack on the first play, and that was the only tackle he made in the three-minute and 11-second tape. Yeah, you know what? I actually have not looked at his tape. I I just take Hale's word for it there, but um, I I know that – I do know this. He's a little bit further down the line uh, for South Carolina in uh, their recruiting prowess at this point in time. Quantrell says, JB, I had a question about Paul Skeens. I saw him get compared to Steven Strasburg on the Pat McAfee show. Do you think that's in – Apt comparison, sure. Yeah, I do. Um, he's, you know, he's a guy. Guys like Strasbourg who've had, got these golden arms. That you know, when you first saw them, kind of come up and get into the big leagues, you thought, well, this guy's going to be around for as long as he wants to be around. And you find out real quick that power. Um, you know, those you got to be careful. And and Strasbourg has just had so many injury situations. And so these are cases that guys like Paul Skeens, of course. Are, are learning under, um, and their coaches. You know, they've seen the big power arms. Think about it. Kerry Wood, Mark fryer and all these guys who kind of broke through it, um, it back then. You, you didn't have everybody throwing 100. And, um, and Paul Skeens is throwing 102, 103 maybe. So and, and he's not like, at this point in time at least, like Chase Burns, who's transferring from Tennessee, Phil, who's in the portal. I yeah. think Chase Burns wants to start, and that's one of the reasons he's probably – uh, going to end up elsewhere outside of Knoxville, but he has been a reliever and being a reliever, throwing 100 plus and a starter, going 120, 130 pitches a game. Basically, Max Velo is, yeah. So I, I do think that's a good comparison. I um, There's been a lot of those names kind of mentioned with him and uh, big strong righty at those 100 miles an hour. There's only only a few of them out there who've had a lot of success so you can really compare to each other, and I think that's a great one. I think I'll say this, Phil. Watching Paul Skeen's pitch, throwing 100-plus mile an hour, it looks very easy to him. Right. Um, He just kind of flings it in there. The guy that I always thought looked looked like it just – no effort, and it was 100. No effort, and it was 100. Was actually from the left side. That was Randy Johnson. Um, Oh, yeah.
3: The big unit. Yeah.
4: I mean, he could sling it. (laughs) I mean, he would tow it and throw it, and there was no effort. You know, the ball just flew. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing that really stands out to me about Skeens is you'll look up, and it'll be the eighth inning, (laughs) and he's still high 90s.
4: Absolutely, you know, and is-
3: and with yeah. command, you know, it's like just not not losing it too bad, and just it's nuts. I mean, he's the perfect perfect guy. All you need, you know, you got one guy that'll go eight, <laughs> throw you a closer in there, and and let's go home. Clint, Clint said, "Randy Johnson, PETA's most hated player." I, <laughs> I,
1: I, hey,
4: look, man, I still cannot believe that that happened. I know, like that's one of those things. where Do you remember? remember the day it happened? And back in the the, the Sports Center rerun days, mm-hmm. you saw that bird get plucked it, over, over, and and over and over. I watched that bird die a
3: hundred times. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> know.
4: And that was just by noon the next day. You That's know? right. I, I, mean, I, I still just, see it
3: about once a year or so. You know, just cruising around the internet at random places. Like, remember when this happened? I'm like, man, that poor bird.
4: I know. <laughs> just couldn't believe it. I uh, I see. I, Craig says that schemes reminds him of of um, Roger Clemens. I I I I absolutely understand what you're talking about. I I don't. He doesn't. Me. And it's not just in body shape. Clemens, when Clemens um, was a very much a full body max effort guy when he pitched. And Skeens isn't. Now, some of that has to do with his size, of course, and the power that's in there. But um, I, I, I'm i not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying I would, I disagree. Like my, my, I compare him to Randy Johnson, except for he's right-handed. If you had to compare him to a right-hander, I'd. Probably from a fluidity standpoint, Mark Pryor, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but he's got he's got better stuff than Pryor, so that's it's hard. I mean, it, but here's the other thing, though. I there's really old, we've never seen anything like this. And Jay Johnson said it, and he and I didn't. Just, it was a big bold statement, one of those ones that you you gotta be careful about. You know, you say things like that. Oh, I've never seen it, and you hear it all the time. He's the best player I've ever seen. I mean, in college baseball, I've never seen anything like that. Um, now, we've seen guys with more wins, of course. The games. is Kip Bautnight had more wins. But from, like, the dominance of a, oh, oh crap, you know, look who we have to face today outside yeah. of pitching at Founders Park. I mean, that's the one thing. If you were at that game, you're going you're gonna to remember that game the rest of your life. Uh, the, the Skeens... Start at Founders. You'll remember it forever. Braylon Wimmer and Ethan Petrie not just went yard. I mean, they both of those balls left in a hurry, and they were long gone. So, I mean, you that's that's one of those like the great memories of Gamecock baseball. We've talked about them on here with Kip and Drew and Landon and and Smoke and whoever else has been on this show. That's one of those ones, if you were at that game, you're going to tell that story in 10, 15, 20 years. I remember when number one LSU came in. I remember when this guy came in, this 10-time big league all-star, maybe an MVP one day, Cy Young Award winner, whatever, and Braylon Wimmer and Ethan Petrie hurt his
3: feelings. You'll be able to tell that story forever. That's right. I mean, it's just it's amazing because you're going to see him. He's going to be in there for a long time <laughs> traveling yeah. around. You know, I He's mean, the number one pick be... in the draft. It's not close. Oh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> Yeah. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I think he'll go easy, number one. <laughs> oh,
4: yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, it's a, I mean, the question is who goes two and who goes three. Is it Langford? Is it Cruz? I think Cruz yeah. is a little bit more polished, but I I think they've nailed it. I think there's one, two, three right there. I'm not sure anybody's going to slip into that. Um, Carol Lucas, 77, what's up, man, said – uh <laughs> JB, I need you to drop by Founders with a Carolina Rise bag for Dominic Niman. Yeah, they feel pretty good about him. You know, they feel, I'll tell you what, they feel pretty good about him and they feel pretty good about Billy Amick. I know that I think John had a, I didn't get a chance to read it, um, but I think John had a report up on the Big Spur a little while ago. If you haven't uh, checked it, let's say I did, that's not true. I didn't get a chance to read it in detail. Um, I was able to skim it, but I was trying to fix my, my, uh, business banking situation here because they screwed something up. So I've been in a <laughs> fluster for two hours. Yeah, that, um, <laughs> but but they, they they feel pretty good about both of those guys. I mean, Billy Amick, I, I think the connection with Monty um, being close to home. I know he likes Coach Kingston. And, um, you know, the hurdle has been how am I going to play for the Gamecocks? But my understanding of that is that guard has kind of come down a little bit. So um, if they can get him, Watch out, and um, if Dominic Niman is a guy that they end up signing as well, you know, he's – I don't know. I'll say I, – I, and this isn't disrespectful to Dominic Niman at all. It's It's more respect to the guys that are on the current roster. I don't think you just automatically plug this kid into the weekend rotation, but he's absolutely one of the top four guys that are going to be in contention for it. There's no question about that. He'll have to earn it. My prediction would be he would be a weekend guy, um, but that you know Matthew Becker's a guy I'm, I think there's a, they're really excited about they should be um, you know he's growing next year third year in the program lefty learning to pitch those type things uh, you'll have a couple of those guys that's a big deal. And then and then watch out for Eli Jones and Roman Kimball in the offseason and um and I think you'll have some, some pretty good ones to pick from there. So we'll see how it all unfolds. But I know they feel pretty good about both those guys as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. And he's a, but uh, he hasn't said when he's gonna make a decision yet. He's just the only thing we know right now is he's taking officials, even though he postponed his Texas A and M official. Uh but you know, he's is he, he, he all? today?
4: Uh no, oh, I think he was. I think he was here yesterday. Yeah, Early I, I want
3: to say yesterday or earlier in the week.
4: I can't remember now, but he he's, no 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 he's um he's not going to take an
3: official to South Carolina. So, no, not here. Yeah 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 yeah. No, yeah, but he, he has some lined up. Like he's three, I,
4: I, I yeah I highly I I know Whittles reported on this. Yeah. Um. So I'll certainly leave the reporting to him. I I highly doubt. He actually ends up making that trip to a And M, so take that for what it's worth. But yeah. I, I just I, I think that he's going going to, it'll come down between the Gators and the Gamecocks and probably Tennessee, um, and we'll kind of see where it goes from there. But but I, if you asked me today, pick pick one, I'd say it's South Carolina, and I mean that's pretty good intel, but. That doesn't mean that that's what it's going to be. It could absolutely change. So we'll see what he does. But um, if they get him, they'll have four All-Americans in the lineup. And speaking of All-Americans, this morning, Baseball America Mm -hmm. named Ethan Petrie a second teamer and Cole Messina a third teamer. So they have now multiple All-American titles to their name in 2023. Just really unbelievable. Um, You couldn't have predicted that. Ethan Petrie didn't even start the season, uh, hit one home run in the fall. Cole Messina was a guy that you thought, okay, we've got a catcher. We'll see what he does this year. Last year, he had a really difficult time transitioning, and I, nobody saw that. So, um, wow, yeah, just hats off to those those guys. All right, um, some good stuff in the uh, in the Nana Sports chat box. And Joel, I did not forget about you. I love talking about smoking meats, man. And I and I, this is my favorite hat, that's why I wear it the most. Uh, so we will we will get to that here in just a little bit. Do you have a Question for you, Joel, and anybody else that's willing to answer. Do you have a signature item that you roll out onto the smoker? Is it barbecue? Is it brisket? Is it chicken? Is it could be something a little different? I know a guy that won't do anything but smoke cheeseburgers now. How about that? He'll smoke them for an hour and a half. He won't do it any other way. Uh, (laughs) So if you've got it, roll it out. Fourth of July is next week. What's on the menu? How about that? Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show is... Time for a break, but when we return that and more, we'll be right back. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
5: today tony pope state farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area once again tony pope state farm will help you mix and match perfectly call 843-851-2222 or visit tony com today like a good neighbor state farm is there
4: the real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago rates supply demand All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream
3: Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks, reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit slash inside the
5: What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jacob Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show.
3: Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. First hour of the show, as always, is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the Upstate. Give Cindy a call eight six four four one four five two seven one. She'll be happy to talk to you about all your residential real estate needs. You know, I'm I used to uh, I used to grill a lot more than I used to. I don't that I've never had a smoker. Never had a smoker yeah that's the
4: ticket man i mean you uh i mean i've got a pit boss i upgraded to the one that's and don't don't judge and don't like you know i'm not i'm not a flashy guy or anything like that i got a deal on it that's why I, I, it was the last one, and it was the one on the floor uh it lowes. <laughs> But um, I upgraded to the one with the with the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth and all that, so I literally can crank my I could be wherever, and I crank that sucker up from my phone. <laughs> Granted that you got the pellets in it, you know. But um, yeah, I uh, like Quantrell said, um, smoked wings are top tier, and they are. So my my one of my best friends probably probably all, a lot of you remember, and Mike Sisko used to pitch for Carolina. If you've ever had the wings, the smoked wings at um at home team, he's nailed it. He he got the recipe. And I told Aaron, who owns all the home teams one time, I said, Hey man, my buddy got the recipe. He said, How do you get that? <laughs> this has been a few this has been a while back, probably I don't know, maybe five or six years ago or something like that. I said, I don't know, but not only does he have the recipe to the wings, he's got the recipe to the white sauce. So like yeah. And, and and Mike's good on the smoker. He's really good at, at it. And um and so when he smokes wings, I mean they're not It's just like you're eating at home team. And he goes and gets uh gets the good ones. You know the big fat. You know not the little chumpy ones that you get oh, from food yeah. lion or something yeah, like that. Some
3: they, decent wings, yeah. You yeah, yeah. You meat mm-hmm. on them, man. Yeah, put right.
4: meat on the bone.
3: You sink your teeth into something.
4: Exactly. Mm. Not nah, Clint. I, I don't have any money, man. I'm telling you. As matter of fact, I bought that. Let me tell you here. Here's the story on. It. I went. I went to Lowe's. I went to Lowe's to get um, uh, this uh, uh, thirty-second cleaner that I spray on the concrete. Okay, this was this was the day before my birthday in December, and and my last smoker was a Pit Boss that my father-in-law surprised my wife and I with when we got married in 2017. So it's been over five years, and um, and it was a good one. Loved it. Never didn't even intend on getting a new one. But I went in there and I looked over and I said, that thing's really that amount off? And they said, yeah. And I said, well, how many got left? Because I wasn't I, – I thought I would ask my wife, you know, hey, look, in lieu of little piddly gifts for Christmas, let's just, you know, splurge on one thing. We're all going to benefit from it because I'm going to use it all the time. Right. <clears throat> so he said, well, let me go check. And he comes back. He said – that's it right there. I said, where he goes right there. The floor one. I said, no, 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 no. no, no, no come on. Now. I said, I, ain't, uh, if it's the floor, you gotta give me more of a deal. And he did. He doubled up on what it was already off. So, oh yeah. There you go.
0: So, Coming but she down. didn't know
4: that. So I came <laughs> home, kids are at a birthday party and I pull up, <laughs>
3: I got a smoker in the, <laughs> the, the new truck. smoker in the truck. <laughs> yeah. I got out. Carrie goes,
0: I'm going to beat you, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i know how i'd be greeted with that
2: oh yeah yeah she what? wasn't she wasn't happy
0: yeah
4: <laughs> i just told her i said hey look you know whatever you got me for my birthday if you got me anything just push that off to to christmas and let's call it even and that's what we did.
3: <laughs> there
4: you go uh carol 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 Luca said uh i've done some smoking in my time but unfortunately the only burgers that end up Producing come from come from McDonald's.
3: Maybe <laughs> a ah, different man. kind of smoke in there, Kara. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <man. laughs>
4: Craig said he's got a black stone, yeah, and an air fryer, yeah. The air fryers, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't like the air fryer. I mean, I don't. That's not true. I like using an air fryer. I just like going outside. I like to sit outside. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna do something good, like we'll um, I'll smoke like the real thick pork chops, Phil. Oh yeah. Or go get some good steaks, and mm. I'll smoke them just for the flavor, and then sear them on the flat top,
3: Blake Cooper. Yeah, the Blackstone. I've, now that I've, I've I've found very intriguing. That that looks really good to me. Yeah. You could do anything on that. I mean, it's yeah. like you know, it's like having that Waffle House experience, right? Well, you could just set it up and do your whole short order deal there.
4: Well, and that's the that's the trick too with the burgers. You know, if you do the smash burgers on the flat top. Mm-hmm. Do them real thin. Throw that. Go ahead. Throw that bacon on there and get good bacon grease on it. And then do the burgers. And then just throw the cheese over it. And and then just drop the buns real quick. Butter them up first. <laughs> You're out of
3: there. Yep. You got it.
4: You got five guys in no time.
3: That's right. Better than <laughs> I'm sure.
4: <laughs>
3: I mean, five guys is good. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. Uh,
4: Lynette asks, how are we looking for Jalou Jalouis Solomon? Yeah, I, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, you know, I don't think at this point in time, they feel as good about Jalouis Solomon as they do about all of the uncommitted guys. Look, I, I, I think that, um, and I don't want to overstep my boundaries here at all because I, I try to stay out of recruiting when I, am when I stay out of it, um, so I'm not speaking over Hale. I just I'm I'm actually defending Hale. I want to make sure that this comes off clear. He was not yesterday referencing at all that they are unsure or they feel good about Daniel Hill. Okay, all he was saying is that um, that it could change because Bama is is involved, but they feel really good about it and. I I actually, um, what's today, Wednesday? So Monday, I had a chance to speak with one of my sources up there. And, and, you know, they, if he commits today, he's, he's, it's probably going to be South Carolina. You know, if it takes a little while, doesn't mean that it won't be South Carolina but it it certainly means that you know Alabama is is right in the thick of it and um, they've gotten themselves in a good spot but the Gamecocks probably really lead this thing probably by a little bit more than people think they've done a nice job with it um i know that he has a good relationship with with coach Hardesty and coach loggins and the rest of this staff coach beamer and he likes the position that he could be in here to be able to come in and play and one of the things too that's going to sell some of this guys is The carry-on is going to play this year, right? Mario is going to play this year. We know that. Juju is going to play this year. DJ Braswell is also going to play this year. So having a freshman being able to come in and play, running backs are a dime a dozen. You've got to have 100 of them. And so if you're a freshman in the 24 class, if you're one of two guys in that class, and they sign Matthew Fuller and they sign uh, Daniel Hill, those guys are going to play, and they know that. Because you're going to get banged up, DeCarion Joiner is going to move on. Mario Anderson is going to move on. You know they're going to play. They're going to come right in and play in the SEC. That's probably not the case at Alabama. You you get recruited. over – I mean, the goal is to every program, Phil. Right? Every program in any sport you want to recruit over the guy, you always do. That's how you get better. Yeah. Um, and but it, it's much more common at Alabama. Because he recruited a five star running back every year. So we'll kind of see how it all works out. Bama is in it, but Carolina feels pretty good. Jalua Solomon, not to get too far off on you there, Lynette. Um, you know, I'm not as confident right now, but that can all change. And and I'm not Shane Beamers, I don't want to speak for him, but um we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens down the road. Jan said the Traeger makes a new flat top called the Flat Rock. All right. Mm. I'm all I, I need a new flat top, so I'm I'm in for checking that out. You got a price on that, Jam? Send it over. You get it. <laughs> Make it uh, a good one. KFC wants a Traeger. Can't go wrong with a Traeger. Again, I'm a pit boss guy. Save a bunch of money, get the same thing in my eyes. I love it. I know how to use it. Uh, so if that's something
3: that you – so what – are you cooking for the fourth? Uh, you know, we haven't really discussed what we're doing for the fourth. We, we we usually go up to my dad's house, but they're actually camping at Myrtle Beach. Next week. So, uh yeah, probably we'll do some burgers and stuff here on the grill. Yeah. Grill guy. Are you a. Yeah, I enjoy it. I, I don't know. I like to cook it, period. Like, so, I mean, I can spend hours in the kitchen. It's kind of like my zen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. The Because um, I see Joel. He's
4: a like, I'm a barbecue guy myself. And I'll tell you, and I can't tell you how, because it would be um my my wife pulled this off, so I can't violate certain laws not anything <laughs> illegal just one of, one of her she this happened through work I have full jugs and i'm good i can i can do barbecue the best of them phil I got people mm-hmm. who moved into our neighborhood from idaho and they're wonderful wonderful people, and they had my barbecue and they said We've been about every barbecue place since we've been here, and this is the best. And it's good. So, yeah, I have a, well, I have my, a recipe my, for my own sauce, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, I don't because my <laughs> sauce is the original Sweatman's barbecue sauce.
3: Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how I get it. Can't tell you how I get it.
4: That's right. Can't no? <laughs> tell you how I get it. I won't tell I told anybody how I got it. People are like my, my cousins, mm-hmm. especially. We used to go up there. When I was a kid, I played baseball in the summers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I worked in Shuler's, uh, for Schuler's peach company from 13 to 18, in addition to playing baseball. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, when I was home, uh, we'd go up there. I didn't pick peaches, but I worked on the farm and, and worked literally on the farm with the cows and the chickens, all that stuff too. Worked in the peach orchards and all that stuff. And every Friday we always got done at 10 and we went over and slept. If you've ever been to Sweatman's in Utahville, there's a big oak tree out front and we slept under that oak tree. And we we got about a forty five minute nap, and you got up and you got in line because they opened at eleven. Yep. And ba- and back then, you had they gave you one styrofoam. I'm sure somebody listening to this remembers remembers it. They used to get one styrofoam plate. Okay, and it was styrofoam. It was not paper. It was not plastic. It was styrofoam. And you got to go through one time. And that was it. The buffet. So you could always tell who who had been there and who hadn't been there all right, and now they would tell you when you checked in like or you know, okay, hey, you know it's and back then it was five sixty five seventy a plate, stuff like that started going up now, it's like fifteen dollars, which is ridiculous but but um mm-hmm. but back then it was five six bucks a plate, and you could tell when the people would go through the line just based on what they put on their plate and how they put it on their plate, that they weren't regulars. Nah. So, and there was only a <laughs> few of those. Most everybody who went there ate there all the time. Cause we saw the same people on type stuff. Mm-hmm. But the, but the, the ticket was, if you had the styrofoam plate, Phil, all right. So picture uh, styrofoam, oh, yeah. the ticket was barbecue. Okay. On, on one side, rice and hash on the other side. Oh yeah, okay. And ribs on the outside, and then you slowly stack it to the middle like a volcano.
3: Yeah, you build it up. Yeah, yeah, build it up. It was like it
4: looked like an anthill, and so you would you go sit down, and you know the ones who've never been there before would look at you like, "What the hell is wrong with this guy?" But meanwhile, you're looking at them going, "You screwed up." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you paid six bucks. I got $18 worth
3: of food and you got $6 worth of food. That's right. (laughs) Uh, You're a noob. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I mean, uh, man, that was, those were the days, man. And you go back and it was about 45 cents for the, for a banana pudding. And, and you had a pitcher of sweet tea and, and then after that, you took a nap. Hmm. That was that was
3: the way that it was. Yeah, so. you'd need to after yeah after some good sweatmans. Oh, those
4: like were the that, days, yeah. man. Those were the days. And I, you know, I don't think Sweatman's is is necessarily as good as it used to be for a number of reasons. But it's always it's always it always be near and dear to me. Those were the best days of my life going out there and doing that. So, mm-hmm. um, Saunders said, if you walk in and there are pitchers of lemonade and sweet tea on the table, you know it's going to be lit. That's that's true. Yeah. And and you and you know if the lemonade's good or not. You know, you know, you know if it's what type of lemonade it is. Twisted Rooster, what's up? Uh JB may be my kinfolk. I am a shuler from that area. Uh oh. Now I Man. grew up on Sweat well, I'm not a shuler, but I sure felt like I was related to him. You know, Kevin and Kenneth Shuler and all those guys back then. I still see Kevin a lot and his wife. I grew up on Sweatman's barbecue and dove off the cliffs behind the peach fields on Lake Marion. And he still has both legs. Not a gator took one off. That's awesome. Um, Guess <laughs> one. <swim> yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah. So, Sweatman's Sweatman's kept you alive. You know, people think it'll kill you. It actually keeps you alive.
3: Oh ah, yeah. Stuff like that's good for you. <laughs> that's
4: right. That's right. Uh, Joey asked JB thoughts on the uh, Tennessee transfer Fitzgibbons and see that he's a possibility on the big sport. Yeah, I haven't heard much about him. I, um, I mean, I know about him, no doubt. I, I haven't heard much. I've asked, you know, kind of who they're in the thick of it with, and aren't uh, his name came up, but it looks like it might take a little time for that really to heat up. He's, I, I at this point in time, this could change, of course. If you ask me right now, make a prediction, I don't think he'll end up at Carolina, but, um, but you know, Monty's a hell of a recruiter, and so is Matt Williams, and Coach King's done a pretty nice job himself. Um, and uh, and and you throw those guys into the into the middle of it, they might have a chance at at getting it figured out. Uh, Joel's a big green egg guy. Can't go wrong there either. There's, uh, yeah, there's my no in laws sent that.
3: one of those. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
4: they're fantastic. No doubt. No doubt. Joel said best segment all week. Food unites. <laughs> That's
3: <laughs> right. That's right. We're bringing people together today. We're all coming together today. <laughs> we don't have the. Uh, we don't have the U- the YouTube posers.
4: Uh, they, they don't want any part of this, huh? No, nah, they're they they're out all, today. We'll That's all right. Up. I'm ready. KFC asks: Is Landon Sampson is ever going to see the field? I think you will. I think you'll actually see him uh, early in the season this year. And um, everything I've heard is he is uh, he's got a chance to be pretty good around here. So they um, they like him, and they've got a lot of really good wide receivers on this team. And I think it's one of the more versatile groups I've seen in a while. Um, Phil at South Carolina. Because you've got some guys who are kind of that hybrid, that new position. That's uh, J- Jared Cook was ahead of his time almost. Uh, yeah. So you've got you got kind of these tight end, wide receiver, kind of hybrid guys like Josh Simon and Trey Knox. You got obviously Juice Wells. Um, you got some guys that are a little bit more uh, fidgety out there that we have got really accustomed to under Coach Spurrier, like Ace Sanders and Fabro Cooper. <laughs> And uh, and uh, one of the great celebrations ever, Demir Bird, yeah, Demir and Bird. those guys, and so you got Marion Brown, and and um, you know the although to carry on as a running back, you know he's going to be utilized in a lot of different situations. Um, I would say wait and see on that because I you know I it's not like I've been sitting there watching practice. I don't have Dow Loggin's number. We're not texting back and forth, but my understanding is there's some creativity. Um, with with guys and, and trying to maximize their strengths and and so while he is probably one a at running back going into the season he he's gonna do some different things you'll see him out in the slot and that's not anything unusual Marshawn Lloyd all those guys line up in the slot no yeah but mm-hmm. but then you've also got you know just some pure bed wide receivers and Landon Sampson is one of them so really really uh, looking forward to to seeing that guy um, seventy six said y'all do the grilling I'll do the eating that's fine yeah. I'm all in for that. You're welcome at my house anytime. That's right. Uh, if that's what you want to do, is just sit back and eat. We love to love to feed around here. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about that.
3: It's one way to show love. It's the best way.
4: Quantrell. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. I we when we invite people over to our house, and they generally, what can we bring? We just say nothing. If they bring something, that's fine. But ah, y'all come on and come hang out. Yeah, our answer uh, is
3: anything specifically you feel like drinking, you're more than welcome to bring. But other than that, we got you covered. <laughs> bourbon? You want to bring some bourbon or a handle of Dixie vodka? I'm all in.
4: Yeah. You can, you can do that anytime. Um, Joel, I, I, you know what? It's I don't have the full whole story on Birch. I can tell you that, um, I mean, you, you it, like – Sometimes you got to be careful with what you say, you know what I mean? But put it this way, you know, he he wasn't planning to go anywhere till he went home, and things changed when he got home, and he kind of went dark on his teammates and his staff here. I have no problem saying that. That's been said to me multiple times um, by multiple people who <laughs> were right in the middle of it, and um, kind of went dark on everything, and nobody could get a hold of him and never renewed his lease and people started kind of wondering what was going on, and then he basically was gone and kind of moved out in the middle of the night when, the, when they weren't here. Uh, so it, as far as, like, like why, what was I, – I don't know. I, I know that there's NIL involved. I don't know the specifics and, and certainly don't want to get much more into that. But that should kind of summarize that and, um, you know, squash the bug and uh, move on. But um, I, I, you've asked about that plenty before, and I don't think there's any reason to not be able to share the facts that are easily shareable yeah. like that. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. there you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, it's 1148, final timeout of hour number one. We got Brad Crawford coming up to lead off hour two. JC, is uh, he'll be here. He's uh, wrapping up some JC and Morgan stuff this morning. Don't worry. Nobody scared him off yesterday. Hang <laughs> tight. We are powered by electric bikes of Charleston, and we sure do love Michelle Wilkins and her staff. They are amazing, amazing people. If you want to have fun, check those things out, man. They are so cool. The Gamecock football team loved them. And I had to tell Coach Beamer they weren't riding down Highway 17. It was a side road. Everything was good. It was all good, man. It was
3: all good. You don't want an angry Shane on the phone. Maybe, nah. You're like, what are you doing? <laughs>
5: I said, I said, Shane,
3: you got great kids. Are they riding in the middle of Seventeen? No, 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 no. I don't think. No, they're
5: good. <laughs> good. No, yeah,
3: no. <laughs> they weren't supposed to. Though. Yeah. no, it's all
4: good. It's all good, man. They and if they are, guess what? They get thirty mile an hour. They're keeping up with traffic because you can't go past thirty mile an hour and set on Seventeen in Mount Pleasant anymore. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. They're probably them, actually like... they're going by traffic.
0: Yeah, at thirty mile an hour. So. Hang tight. We'll be right back. <laughs> I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um. Thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001.
4: Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina
1: Hey Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stone from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show garnet and black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox.
4: You heard Evan Stone Gamecock fans 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803 522 6832. Let me paint something.com.
0: Don't you know, no, no? From the littlest trick to the big old cock, you can get it. Big old west chickens, Danny <inaudible> Hill. Spurs, spurs, spurs. Oh, watch him celebrate now! Well, top of the pool.
1: <inaudible> well
0: I bet you want to win.
3: I'm getting hungry. Yeah, I know. Man. <laughs> I was just grabbing some coffee downstairs. It was time. hard not to grab something to eat. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
4: we, uh, we screwed up big time. I know it's, did. um, it's only in the middle of the week. Um, I'm mm. actually, we're leaving. For, so we've got Eric church on Friday night, so we're oh, yeah. a little over 48 hours away from the chief. And then we're leaving Saturday for Delaware, probably hungover. It's going to be a nice drive. Um, and, um, one of the questions I keep asking is, well, so what are we doing for the fourth? And we're probably going to be in the boat um, up there. But, um, but I, I, if we weren't go like we weren't planning to go until just a couple of weeks ago. So I was planning, okay, well, I don't feel like doing everything I used to do, which is all day, you know, boat, dock, the whole nine yards. It's just with kids. It's just, oh. yeah. so I'd rather just kind of, Take it easy and just kind of hang out at the pool and just have something smoking all day. So two, three weeks ago, Phil, I started making this menu in my brain. i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do barbecue. I'm going to do ribs. My neighbor I mentioned who's come from Boise, Idaho, they make the best baked beans you've ever had Uh in your life because they put ground sausage in it. And I can't figure out how they do it.
3: Yeah, um, now that's a game changer right there, I sound like. Oh, it is. It mm. it changes everything. So I was like, well,
4: shoot, man, we'll get Justin and then Tanya to do their beans, and we'll do some, some mac and cheese, and yada, yada, yada. I mean, we'll just have this big old spread. And then that'll, you know, okay, so we're going to Delaware. So I immediately shifted to, all right, well, so what are we going to eat? Well, my wife looked at me, and she was like, we're not going for two weeks. I don't know. I said, yeah, but let, let me tell you. Here's what I don't want to happen. Yeah. I don't want to get to the 4th of July. We're celebrating America, man. I don't want to get to the 4th of July and all of a sudden we're like, well, what do we eat? I, I don't I don't know. I guess I'll just make a sandwich because I know how her family can work sometimes. <laughs> well, I don't know. We haven't thought about it. Let's just make a sandwich. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. No. so." <laughs> I've started putting out some feelers to to the family that yeah. I trust up there. I'm like, yo, hey,
3: what, what's the plan? What, what do y'all What do y'all got going on? Yeah, yeah. What's everybody been talking about? Okay, well, let's start the conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you realize it's June
4: 20th, right? I do, but I know how yeah. y'all. Work. This is the family who it's like you wake up, you're all in the living room on vacation at 9. a.m. Well, they all live up there, so we'll be sitting around at nine in the morning.
3: What do y'all want to do today? And we'll be having the same conversation at two o'clock. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 That stinks. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you will. Well, we wasted the day. (laughs) Somebody make a command decision. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Uh, Bobby said, you enjoy your sandwich
4: and like it. Yeah, (laughs) I'll give you a warm glass of shut the hell up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and now your back's yeah,
0: about to hurt because
3: been... you just pulled yeah. landscaping duty. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: oh, images man. from uh, uh, dinner
3: last night. That was that was good. It's a nice little change of pace here. did not have to be yeah. fancy.
4: Craig asked, "What kind of boat do I have? I don't have to have one. We've my family lives on uh, over uh, on the island, and uh, we've got um, a twenty-eight foot scout and." Um, Couple of jet skis and a seventeen uh, foot whaler over there. Got a we had we got a boat uh, back in twenty sixteen no 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 yeah yeah twenty sixteen the first house that Carrie and I bought the guy we bought it from we bought his boat <laughs> we, we you selling that thing because it had a platform on it and it was for gigging it was a gigging boat
3: oh yeah, yeah.
4: well yeah I am. Well, guess what? We'll, you're in luck, pal. Uh, mm-hmm. So we um, – but that – it's got a leak in, and we don't know what to do with it. So um, – but anyways, yeah, so enough to have some fun with. JB, have you attended the GameCut pregame party that is at Boone Hall? They had it last year. So, yeah, Marion, absolutely. Um, I used to be fairly involved with that when I worked at ESPN. They've been doing it for a long time there, Jen and the Charleston County GameCut Club. Do a wonderful job. She's one of the sweet girls out there and um, loves the Gamecocks as much as anybody. It's a good party. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Rick Benthal, hats off to him at um, Boone Hall. He's a big Gamecock fan himself. And and um, so they, they, they do a really good job. It, it's hot. Boone Hall in August is hot. And you never know if you're going to get a shower or two over there as well. So um but if you go you you will have a a lot of fun. I think we might actually I'll have to check with JC on this. We might actually have some tickets to give away to that. So hey, all right. We'll figure it out. But um but yeah, I I I haven't gone in in recent years. It's it's just then i always – actually, I think last year was the same weekend as my anniversary, and that wasn't going to um and, um and I'll just be perfectly honest with you. This is going to sound kind of snooty, but I don't mean for it to be that way. Sometimes I just don't want to go sit in a crowd for two and three hours and have the same conversations over and over. So I don't mean for that to be rude, but it just kind of is what it is. Um, But yeah If you go or you know somebody's going It is a great party and they do a wonderful job And uh, certainly certainly, hope you'll enjoy it uh, Let's see uh, Quantrell said JB I don't want to Spiral us but I was listening to Brandon Walker On this unnecessary roughness and they had A knockdown drag out argument about George Strait Versus Garth Brooks He is a Garth guy that, ow, That's like That's impossible Picking between your favorite kid I mean <laughs>
3: i'm partial to the older country anyway so look i would have to go george there
4: they're they're two different brands okay i'm a Mm, chief guy i'm a i'm a chief guy um because he created himself and he wrote his own music and he got basically kicked out of country music and he didn't go away rascal flats thought they were gonna eliminate him they did nothing but make him bigger and better than they ever dreamed of him um But Garth and George have done things differently over the years. they got their own style. And there's some days where I just want to sit around and listen to George straight. And then there's some days where you want to sit
3: around and listen to Garth Brooks. Uh, It all
4: depends on what you drink. Well, Jan Jan didn't like Garth Brooks. See, I like Garth. I like Garth. It's It's a great show. George is a, just a, you just stand he's just gonna stand there and sing and hopefully that's what you're going for. <laughs> um, I will say this: I'm a big fan of Pure Country, the movie that George Strait was in. When when we were in college, me and Smoke, me and Smoke watched that movie probably 500 times. <laughs> like late night, you get home from the bar. Hey, to watch Pure Country?
3: Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah.
5: <laughs> grab, me, grab
3: me a beer. It's only 4 a.m. All right.
5: It's uh, still early.
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. That's a that's a tough question to me. That's a tough question to me. Bobby will be there on Friday. So uh, don't worry him out. Don't worry him out.
3: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure he'll have plenty left in the tank for you on Friday. Yeah. Yeah.
4: All right. We gotta go. When yeah. we return, Brad Crawford. So Brad says, and I know he's in the uh, waiting room, so he can hear this. I'm going to call him out, and then we'll 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 back him into a corner. Phil, <laughs> Brad says that uh, Carson Beck will start building his Heisman buzz against the Gamecocks in Week Three. Ooh, all right, let's see. We'll see if we can get Marcellus Dial in here to defend South Carolina's secondary. Somebody get Marcellus on the phone. I'm just kidding. Hang tight. We'll be right
1: back. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest
3: visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's
1: really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas.
5: in MLS 2229 lonmls MLS 1772182
4: Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by TravelingCountryClub.com, so if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options, and go Cocks!
1: Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manus, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Pauly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Pauly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
0: This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox.
3: All right, we are back. Hour number two, Inside the Gamecocks, the show for Wednesday. Joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than 24-7 CBS,
2: Brad Crawford. Brad, good to have you back, man. Good to see you. How you guys doing? Yeah, you were talking about the Garth Brooks movie last segment. I'm going to give you an underrated music film I guarantee neither of you two have seen. Rock of Ages. Tom Cruise plays Stacy Jacks, big hair band singer. There's tons Never of 80s it. rock ballads in it. Foreigner, White Snake, everybody. It's a sleeper film. I think my 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 wife and I have watched it maybe 25 times. Great, great movie. It came out in 2012. Rock of Ages, man, it's awesome. Where is um? Uh... I want what to does say that I'm stream that. on? I'll, I'll have to like send you the DVD. It's, it's, it's not streaming anywhere. It's not streaming. <laughs> um, well, yeah. it looks like no. You've got you can
4: purchase it for four bucks on Amazon Prime.
2: But this guy can play. I mean, he can play the lead singer of a rock band and then play you know Maverick and Top Gun. It's just his 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 acting chops are amazing. Is that Alec Baldwin? It is. Holy. Yeah. Sp- you know we watched Russell Brand, yeah. Uh, Russell, <laughs> well,
4: Russell Brand, yeah, he fits. Nice. In. I uh, we watched last night. Um, we watched last night. It it just stuck. It st- we were just looking for something, just nothing to be too you know locked in on. Like, hey, we're gonna fall asleep. But there was a movie on Amazon Prime. I think it was that I've. Um, Never, never heard of to last night. Called Aloha, Aloha. Have either one of you heard of that?
2: Have, haven't seen that one.
4: So listen to the, the cast. cast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it was it was okay. Like it was it was just a movie, but I mean, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't like a movie. Where I'm like, oh man, I'm doing her. But it but it's worth watching because of the talent that's in there. The uh, Rachel McAdams from the Notebook, right? Um, uh, Bradley Cooper was in it. Alec Baldwin was in it. The guy from um.
2: So it's a good rom com, yeah.
4: Yeah, uh, what's the, the guy? Uh, what's his name from um, from the uh, HBO show? The funny guy. What's his name? You know, yeah, that guy. Right. <laughs> no, you know the baseball guy, the baseball player. Uh, he's hilarious. Oh, he's,
3: uh, oh God, no, I can't think. He's
4: of got one. a house here in Charleston.
3: McBride. Um, uh, Danny,
4: yeah, Danny, Danny McBride. Yeah, Danny McBride. Oh, yeah. yeah, Danny McBride. Alec Baldwin was in it. Uh, and, uh, there's somebody else. But anyways, I was like, well, this has got to be good with all these folks. And I, it, it, it was a movie to, you know, you just, it's kind of a love story with some strange twists in it, but
2: it's kept your okay. attention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it,
4: it kept our, t- we watched it, watched the whole movie. I didn't turn it off. I would have turned it off. If I hated it that bad. Um, uh, Clint said he saw a little and it was pretty forgettable. See, I, you, know, you know, it's all right. It's okay. It's all good. Some people like Georgia, some people like South Carolina. The way it works. All right. Speaking of Georgia, we got to back you in a corner here. So you're so yeah. So I'm I gotta I'm gonna read it here now. Carson Beck's Heisman campaign kick starts in week three. Beck star, I'm paraphrasing this part. Beck star is born as the Heisman buzz begins. Well, week three is South Carolina.
2: So so, so two disclaimers here. The the reason it begins is because Georgia's first two games are against FCS teams, basically. That's
3: how I read it initially. I'm like, well, that's because you know you're playing nobody in the first two weeks, and and then this is your first
2: test. Carolina is the CBS mid afternoon. Everybody's going to be watching it. So if he has two or three touchdown passes in a in a competitive game, that'll give him eight or nine on the season. Three and zero start for number one team. Okay, he's he's got a shot. He's he's at plus two thousand odds, which is you know puts him kind of out of the front runner list. But I think he's a guy, man, that. He's going to be one of the SEC's best players. Everything I've been told this offseason, season. Few of my friends are coaches in Georgia. They've they've watched practice, and he's averaging ten or twelve yards a throw against the best defense he's going to face all year, which is the Georgia ones, right? So, yeah, I, you
4: know that brings up a um, a really interesting situation. I think in Athens because you've got you've it's littered their their roster is littered with five star quarterbacks. Brad, it is. Brock Vandergriff is there. I mean, it, I, I just – I i am almost wondering if once it is announced in the preseason, because I'm with you, I think that that he is the guy who's going to be the quarterback. But you got you've got Vandergriff, you've got Gunnar Stockton, who once was committed to South Carolina. Yep. Uh, you've got Beck. Uh, Colin Drake is there. I, I just find it hard to believe that one of those guys, maybe even before the year starts, isn't going to say, you know what, I, I, I gave it a shot at early in fall practice and – and I'm going to go do something else.
2: And then you have the top player in the country in 2024 coming in, Dylan Rayola. So that, that's that's the most quarterback talent that that program has ever assembled. And, and they've had some good ones. as the number one picks, Matt Stafford, a few other guys. Justin Fields left for Ohio State. But, yeah, Kirby Smart has a uh, problem that every coach would like to have <laughs> on his hands right now. And, and well, I'm with you, JB. When, once they announce Carson Beck, there's one or two guys are going to be looking elsewhere. And, Probably getting some heavy nil deals to boot.
4: I just, I think it's Vandergriff. I, I just, I don't see. I mean, you could at least make the argument with Gunner that he's got, uh, you know, it's almost like family to him. I mean, Muschamp, yeah, got the Bobo uh,
3: ties. Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah, Coach Bobo. Mm-hmm. But Vandergriff doesn't have that. I mean, Brock. I mean, even though he's from Georgia, I mean, he can go do anything, and he's a. I think he'll be a redshirt sophomore this year, right? So he's got
2: plenty of time. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and you got Gunnar Stockton, who is a redshirt freshman. It's really interesting. But Georgia, that's not the only place that they're really good, Brad. I think they're the only team that you had in your 2023 SEC predictions that will go undefeated in the league.
2: That's correct. And a lot of that, J.B., has to do with this is the most favorable schedule that I've seen Georgia have since covering the SEC. I started covering them about 2011, 2012. And there's one ranked team on the schedule that's going to be Tennessee in November, maybe South Carolina in week three could be in that, you know, high twenties range, but really Tennessee is the only game where Georgia is going to be probably a touchdown favorite or less um, Kirby smart has to like how it sets up. I still think Georgia can lose a regular season game win the sec and still make the playoff. But this is a team that as long as it's 12 and 0 going to Atlanta, it can lose that SC championship game and still get a top four seed. So, uh, now, now, 2024 Georgia. That's going to be difficult to go 12 and 0 against that slate. But 2023, you know, show up and they have such a talent advantage over most teams on the schedule. I think they will go unblemished. And who knows? Yeah, because
3: you, your draw out of the West that isn't the permanent Auburn opponents, It's Ole Miss, and you get right. them at home. So yeah, there really isn't a. A huge test. I mean, than, you know, outside of Tennessee.
4: Do y'all think that we could legitimately make a case here? It's June twenty eighth, so it doesn't matter what we say necessarily. But do you think that we can make a case today that outside of the trip to Tennessee, the second toughest game
2: on their schedule is South Carolina? I think it is, and and based on the uh, you know Georgia insiders I, I spoke to ranking schedules, all of them, both those guys, told me South Carolina. You know, they they know that. Gamecock's defense will be one of the better ones that Georgia faces. And I think where that game is played for South Carolina is very important because Georgia, that's their first SEC opponent this season. A lot of new starters on both sides of the ball for Georgia. So it's the first time they're going to face, you know, good on good, so to speak, in SEC play. And uh, I don't know. I, I think Shane Beamer, you know, maybe has a point to prove. And after they got embarrassed last year at williams Bryce, going to Sanford Stadium and at least keep it competitive.
4: I want to make sure everybody understands that we are going to talk plenty gamecocks with with Brad but um but we want to make sure that we kind of make our way through the SEC. This is the last year we're going to see it like this as we all yeah. know once things yeah. change in 2024. So you mentioned the Vols and um Tennessee isn't is I would say isn't as lucky. Um that the, the trip to Florida, I don't think they're going to have any issues with Virginia in week one and Nashville, Brad. I don't think many people anticipate they will. But the trip to Florida is also their first SEC game. You mentioned the Gamecocks being the first in Athens for for the Dogs. They, of course, have Sacramento who thumped them last year. And then everybody, naturally, is going to circle the game against Alabama on the road October the 21st. Fair enough. But... The trick is the following week at Kentucky on October the twenty eighth. Nobody's gonna talk about that game. And now if Tennessee goes in and beats Alabama, which chances are probably slim, but if they do, yeah. If they get beat there, they better be very, very, very careful making the trip to the Commonwealth immediately following because it's it's a it's a it's a blue collar road game in this league. And it's way under the radar with Bama coming right before it.
2: Yeah, Tennessee, you know, my game by game prediction, I had Tennessee finish a nine and three this season. Actually, one of my three losses is at Kentucky, based on where that game is played on the schedule. That that game at Florida in September is arguably Tennessee's biggest game because if you go to Gainesville and lose to a team that might be five and seven, hovering around six and six, you're not going to win the East you're already pretty much two games back of Georgia before things really start, you know, getting started. So that, that Florida game and Tennessee's only one in the swamp. I want to say once in the last like 12 to 15 years. I mean, it's, it's been bad there. So Tennessee needs to win that game. UTSA might, might be a team where if they're able to beat Tennessee in Knoxville, then they're probably 12 and zero going to the, uh, you know, being the G5 representative. They're, they're that good senior quarterback back. So, Tennessee's schedule, you know, has some potential pitfalls in it. Um, You know, Bama and Georgia being on that schedule makes it very difficult. But Florida game early for Tennessee is very important. And as you mentioned, Kentucky, I mean, that's the definition of a trap game. If you write or talk about trap games in the SEC, like that's the one you start off with.
4: What do we make of Kentucky? What do you make of them? Devin Lear is a quarterback.
2: I think they'll be better on offense, but the offensive line really hasn't been good in two or three seasons, and they sort of play bully ball and may have to do that again. Devin Leary is a very good quarterback, but I was surprised that he landed at Kentucky and not Alabama or maybe another elite program that needed a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, Very good player at NC State, 35 touchdown passes two years ago, but he has that shoulder injury. Um, He went through spring, didn't show any ill effects from it, but that shoulder injury – uh, kept a lot of elite programs from offering him, so I think Kentucky hopes that hiring Liam Cohen back, who you know got Will Levis started two years ago, uh, really helps him. Kentucky's a team that's probably seven or eight wins, hmm. so
4: they're going to be three and zero to start. They don't they don't play anybody. Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, and Akron. They'll they'll walk through those and they'll throttle them. I, is there anything on your radar that says? Careful in Nashville week four at all,
2: I think Kentucky has a chance to be five and O going to Georgia, and if that's the case, they'll be inside the top 20, and we won't know a whole lot about them because the two SEC wins will be against Vanderbilt and Florida. so I think Kentucky's schedule sets up for a, another decent year for Mark Soups. then getting back to Vandy, they might be four and O playing Kentucky because they play Hawaii yep. Alabama a m Wake Forest unLV. And, and Clark Lee needs to get to a bowl game this season. I think he, he believes he can. You know, Vandy played pretty well in November last year before getting – man, the wall's uh, yeah. blown yeah. off against Tennessee. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah Kentucky-Vandy uh, battled seven. at the end of September. That'd be, that'd be interesting.
4: Could be 7-0 and oh combined, those two yeah.
3: teams. Um, kind of, yeah, their schedule doesn't really kick in until that week eight, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but
4: based on what you just said, though, and Phil, correct me if I heard something wrong here, but you said
2: there's a chance Kentucky could be 5-0. Oh. Kentucky's better than Florida? Kentucky's better than Florida. Kentucky has better talent right now than Florida, which is – that wow. that shows you what Napier's dealing with in Gainesville.
3: Well, Yeah. Yeah, Florida's a big question mark. I think heading into this season, but I didn't realize how big, you know, at least from a from an insider perspective. So,
2: I mean, if if Florida goes five and seven this year, that's back to back losing seasons for Napier, and then twenty twenty four, they face the toughest schedule Florida's ever faced. Eleven Power Five teams, non conference. They play UCF, Miami, and Florida State. On top of that, nine game brutal, or excuse me, eight game SEC slate. Trip to Texas, play Alabama, Georgia next year. I mean, it's it's hard. So Napier could be at the end of twenty twenty four, like four games under five hundred, and probably be handed his walking papers.
3: I was going to say, do you think that the solid recruiting class he's putting together for next year is enough to hold him for two seasons? But I hear the answer yes. being no. <laughs> Florida,
2: Florida, Florida fans can't can't stomach three losing seasons for Napier. I mean, they don't yeah. care about that. No,
4: they Florida. Florida thinks and it's I, not a I mean, patient
2: they, job, you know.
4: No, it's not. It, well, and Coach Spurrier made it that way because yeah. they won every year and they beat the crap out of everybody every year, and and that's their expectation every single year. I can't say that I blame them for having those expectations. But I mean, Jim um,
2: McElwain won the East twice and got fired after it, and so. then he was um,
3: gone.
4: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, yeah I it, it it. I don't look. They got to go to Utah, and I don't think they're winning that. No. Now they beat them last year, and the Utes remember. So they're not, you know, um, and then you got McNeese and then you got Tennessee. So, I mean, if I had to put my money on what's their record after three games, it's one and two. Yeah. And you and you got Charlotte. Yeah, man, I, I'm telling you what now.
2: I mean, they're uh, they're they're banking on Graham Mertz being a difference maker at quarterback. And we really don't know who Graham Mertz is outside of a pretty inconsistent player in the Big Ten at Wisconsin. So why would they, they sign him? Uh, they, they missed on a few other guys they wanted to sign and, and Florida had to have a transfer quarterback. Uh, this was going to be the bridge player to Jaden Rashada, the guy they signed who then got out of his NIL and went to Arizona State, I think it is. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the quarterback situation right now at Florida is not good. They do have DJ Lagway coming in. He's kind of the guy of the future, but I'm not sure Napier is going to be there to, to see that through. So it's, uh, not a, not a good, uh, summer right now if you're a florida fan
4: elsewhere in the east or i guess the last team we haven't really discussed in the east outside of the gamecocks is missouri and and I've, i i find this a really interesting conversation because yeah. brad when you ask about missouri i feel like you got a big pile of people on this side that say they're going to be a surprising team in the sec and then you got another group on this side that says i don't really think they're that good so what do you think
2: i'm i'm of the five and seven range they they do have nine starters back on defense. Almost beat Georgia last year because of that elite defense. But Eli Drinkwitz hasn't found a quarterback yet during his tenure at Missouri. Brady Cook, I don't I don't think he's the guy. And in September they play Kansas State and Memphis, so they could be two and two in the non conference before they go to Vanderbilt. And this is a coach that just got an extension last year for winning like what six or seven games. Mm-hmm. Um, Missouri is a hard job to win at. I think it's going to be. An even more difficult job with Texas and OU coming in because Tigers are probably going to be, you know, on that little quadrant of the SEC, no matter how that that shakes out. So, Missouri is a team uh, a bit like Kentucky and South Carolina, where they're going to have four or five swing games, and as you guys know, you have to pretty much go four and one in those five games to get to eight or nine wins, and I don't I don't see Missouri doing that.
4: Phil, we just need to get a hold of the Big 12 and see if they'll take us up on our offer. You give us West Virginia. Yeah. It, y'all, y'all it's take a Missouri fair bats. trade.
2: <laughs> I, would, I would take SMU in the new SEC, too. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah now, that, okay, that's now spicy. I like that. I like that. If there's a G5 program right now that'll be Power 5 within the next year or two, it's SMU. SMU. And you've got crazy NIL money and – Yeah. And it's it's that Dallas market. So, yeah, all right, uh, actually
3: get to use it, you know, and yeah. <laughs> without being behind the shadows and all of that. Now,
4: that's that's, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's very true. No more. <laughs> okay, the, and, uh, yeah, the SEC right. it's been
3: ahead of the game. Uh,
4: the according to uh, according to one Brad Crawford, he writes that the SEC's longest home winning streak ends. Who has it, and who breaks it? Alabama at.
2: I want to say 18 or 20 games. Can't remember what I wrote, but Texas wins at Bama in week two this year. Um, I've got wow. Bama 10 and two in the regular season. I'm, I'm betting the under 10 and a half. Uh, Nick Saban hasn't had a quarterback dilemma this late in the offseason approaching spring practice that I can remember. You know, he's had some competitions going into August, but he's felt good about the two guys in competition. Right now he just signed pretty much a Notre Dame backup to possibly be the guy. Um, I don't think Tyler Buckner is necessarily QB one at Alabama. I think Jalen Milrow is still their most talented player, but they had to sign Buckner as a insurance policy, and case Milrow or Ty Simpson was not the guy. So week two against Texas, I think Texas wins that game at Bryant Denny. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but Texas is is one of my preseason Final Four picks. So I'm I'm really high on the Longhorns.
4: Yeah, well, I was about to mention that, and mm-hmm. and I and that's interesting because uh, it's a good time for Texas to kind of kick it into gear. Yeah, uh, entering the SEC next year, Brad. I got to add this too because if anybody hasn't looked at Alabama's slate, I, I'm not sure that there will be a fan base in college football that will have more fun or at least be more amped for their home slate. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the games will end. Then what will happen in Tuscaloosa? Two former offensive coordinators. Are coming yeah. to town. You just mentioned one and Steve Sarkeesian with Texas in week two. They do open the season, by the way, with middle Tennessee State. And then in week four, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss enter Bryant Denny Stadium. And then after that, you got Arkansas coming. You got Tennessee coming. You got LSU coming.
2: I mean, <laughs> the there's place a, there's some be losses nuts. in there. I mean, I mean Bama's not going to run the table. There there are some losses in there. And and there's two schools, Texas and LSU, who pretty much position by position have the same athletes as Alabama. And we don't, we don't get to say that too often based on Bama scheduling. So that that's a brutal home slate. Uh, Nick Saban has complained about it in the papers, you know, throughout the offseason and has said it much about 2024 schedule too. But um, Steve Sarkeesian, you know, probably should have beaten Bama last year. If you guys watched that game, they outplay yeah. Alabama. It took a Houdini act from Bryce young late in that game to win it on a, on a field goal. So, uh, but, you know, Quinn, uh, Quinn Ewers, he's kind of the million-dollar question. Is is he going to be that all-American-type quarterback that most of them think he can be, or is he a guy who's going to, you know, give it away in, in crucial moments? But I think Texas is going to take advantage of this last year in the Big 12 and uh, win that Commerce Championship.
4: In addition to big-time road matchups, another former assistant, of course, going to Texas A&M. Uh, they'll also – and, of course, going to Auburn with Hugh Freeze, I'm sure the War Eagle can't wait to get them to town. Um, blue collar road games at Kentucky, at Mississippi State, and just a really strange game. And I think these are going to go away if they ever go to a nine-game SEC straight. But they got to go to South Florida in Week Three as well, which is interesting. But I don't think they'll have any problems.
2: There. So that that season opener against Middle Tennessee, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take Middle, T- Middle Tennessee and whatever points they give me in Vegas, like you know thirty-eight and a half or whatever it is, because yeah. Middle Tennessee scored fifty-five points last year at Miami. A lot of those guys are back, by the way. Wow. And they yeah. weren't
4: raided by the transfer portal. They oh. weren't. Interesting. All right. Spencer Rattler challenges South Carolina's single season passing yards record, writes Brad Crawford. Why is that?
2: So that might not be a good thing for the Gamecocks right. if, if he does that. That means that there's there's no uh, you know, semblance of a rushing attack. Um, I do think South Carolina is going to try – in September to establish the run, whether it's Braswell somehow getting RB1 carries as a, as a true freshman or the carry on joiner 15 to 17 carries a game. I don't, I don't see right now, fellas, how this rushing attack can finish in the top half of the SEC because there's just not enough bodies there. Um, offensive line might be a question too at South Carolina. So we know the position group is the strongest is probably at wide out. Spencer Rattler is going to do what he possibly can in this new look pro style scheme to, you know, be an early round draft pick. And I think if Spencer plays with confidence the first couple of weeks of the season, they're going to be airing it out a lot. And, you know, with Nicholas Harbert receiver and Eddie Lewis in the slot and all them guys coming back Leggett, I mean, he's going to have a big season, but if he, if he has 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, then he's probably a day one NFL draft selection.
4: Is he the best quarterback in the East?
2: Hmm. I don't I don't want to say this, but I like Joe Milton. I I think he's a really good quarterback and I think he's going to have a Anthony Richardson like rise this season. Um partly because of scheme, Josh Heupel just um he just dials it up, man. He's he's another spurrier. I mean, he knows how to get guys open. Can feel and it. and and the Tennessee offense is not, you know, rocket science to try and solve. It's just if you have an accurate quarterback and a guy with a howitzer, Joe Milton has a howitzer, best arm in college football, I think he's going to have a really good year.
4: Where does Carson Beck fit into that conversation?
2: Probably right up there with Rattler for for number two. I'd I'd put Beck and Rattler number two, but we, we just haven't seen enough of Carson Beck yet to really, uh, you know, um, have a solid scouting report on him. But, I mean, he's got as many weapons as Rattler does, if not better ones. And then Georgia rated two other SEC programs for their best offensive player. Raw Raw Thomas at Mississippi State and then Dominique Lovett at Mizzou. So Georgia has weapons too.
4: You've got Carolina finishing seven and five, four and four, as it stands today, of course. Um if that comes to fruition seven and five, four and four, how should that be judged?
2: Yeah, I tweeted a few uh weeks ago, JB, that you know, Gamecock fans wanting nine or ten wins this season. Need to temper expectations a bit based on the schedule. It's, you know, no matter what metric you look at, it's, it, it's a top five treacherous schedule. There's a lot of holes to fill. Um, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that the Gamecocks didn't do as well in the portal as maybe a lot of us thought they would. Lost three or four starters and really didn't fill those holes with guys who are going to be, you know, super difference makers at a at a SEC level. I do think Trey Knox is to be one of the best transfers in the conference. He'll get a lot of targets, a lot of, a lot of production. But um, seven and five, I think, sort of um, holds the ship steady. Gamecocks may have a top 10 signing class in 2024. We'll get on that in a second. But uh, <laughs> I, I just think, you know, sometimes fans have just super garnet blinders on and they don't realize that, you know, they still have to play a top 10 Clemson team got to play top 10, Georgia got to play top 10, Tennessee. I mean, you know, week, week to week grind in the sec. I just don't think you want to see any games a la what happened in Gainesville last year. I think Shane and his staff are sort of behind that, but you know, there there's one or two games a year where it's like, man, did, did this team get off the bus? Um, and you don't, you don't want to see that this season.
4: Well, it's a fair assessment because it's what we've seen. I mean, it, you, yeah. you've, you, you wonder that. I mean, nothing could summarize this conversation more than back-to-back weeks, Florida and Tennessee last year uh, in their schedule. I mean, no one, no one schedule.
2: saw sixty-three points coming, and, and anybody who says they did it is lying.
4: Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, eat, I, mean, I, I will. No. <laughs> we that don't night, a Williams, loss
3: that week. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen a lot of stuff. Uh, been with Bryce for thirty-five years, and seen everything that they have to offer there. Never seen that. Now I have I I've seen sixty three points on the board before.
2: <laughs> I've, see, I've seen I've seen you know, I've seen, you know, primetime losses to Kentucky at home after Debo houses one from eighty. Absolutely. And then it's like what happened,
4: yeah. man? Yeah. You know, yeah. I small mean, part. I after five games, uh, what is the best case scenario? And I and I asked that question for a reason. It's North Carolina, Furman at Georgia, Mississippi State, and at Tennessee. What do you think the best case scenario is there?
2: Four and one best case, rank number nineteen or twenty. Um I think, you think if they
4: could get four out of that, maybe.
2: Yeah, and if if they're four and one after five games, then I think a nine win season is certainly in the cards. Um UNC's a toss-up game. I think right now I would take South Carolina to win that game. Furman's a win, Georgia's a loss. Mississippi State's gonna be one of those swing games. I mean, South Carolina can't afford to lose to a first year coach at Williams Bryce. Um, that, that that's a game they have to win. Mississippi has a, a senior quarterback, Will Rogers, three-year starter, but they go away from the air raid. Now have a pro-style offense that that's going to benefit, I think, Clayton White's defense. And then at Tennessee, I mean, everybody knows watching this podcast, Neyland Stadium has been a house of horrors for yeah. South Carolina. If they can survive the first quarter, maybe they'll have a shot. But um after last year's game, I can assure you that Josh Heupel is going to try to score as many points as he possibly can against South Carolina.
4: Yeah, they just need to take 39 seconds off the clock every time the ball is yep. – every time the ball <laughs> right, is yeah, spotted. Every and, time
3: you can, right, yeah.
4: <laughs> I mean, it's it, it really is kind of a it's, – it's one of the stranger schedules that I've ever seen for South Carolina because you do get Tennessee and Georgia yep. both before the middle of October. And then every game that you play in November is at home. And so if there is, you know, if you go into the November slate, maybe sitting at four and four, Ooh. all hope is not lost for a uh, a good season for Gamecock football. Maybe not the season people would like to dream of after how it ended. But with Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Clemson at home, all winnable games. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it, it just it, – the way that it sets up, I'm just not too sure that the – The ebbs and flows of college football, Brad, I don't know how much it will apply because it always applies. People live and die by every single moment. But if you actually stop and and see the season out, just like how last year played out, there's just still going to be so much that can happen. But to your point, you know, if you win the blue-collar games, the North Carolinas, the Mississippi States, the Floridas, at Missouri, you're looking at a November that you could really probably do something special with.
2: I think there's a, there's a path to, to eight or nine wins as long as South Carolina wins the 50-50 games and the games, the gamecocks have comparable talent to the opposition. I think right now the, the only team on the schedule where it has a top to bottom better roster is Georgia. Everywhere else, the the gamecocks are comparable. They, They might not be as talented at, you know, some certain positions. Edge is obviously a position of major need right now for South Carolina, but if Shane Beamer gets to 8-4 and four this season, then that's that positive momentum that has continued now in year three. And then you go into 2024, even without Rattler, as a preseason top-20 team and uh, really have a shot to, you know, make that new 12-team playoff as maybe a nine-win team.
4: All right, we'll get you out of here with this. And, we, of course, we're going to have you back soon and, and uh, as we get closer to football season, probably on the other side of SEC media days because there will always yeah. be – Something ridiculous to talk about coming out of that. I'll be um, there in Nashville. Yep. Yeah. Well, I th- maybe maybe we'll just have you on while you're up there. How about that? We can just do that. If, will you Facetime us while you're about to ask Nick a question, and maybe we can ask him
0: a question if you don't mind hey,
2: on on Alabama Day in Nashville? I'm gonna I'm gonna wear a Shane Beamer shirt and ask him about uh, you know hosting South Carolina next year or something.
4: That's it. A- yeah. I'm sure he would love that. you you get a wonderful response. Uh, yeah. Um, All right. Player that you're <laughs> – can't say rattler here, but offensively, middle of summer, excited to see for the Gamecocks on offense, someone you're excited to see on defense. And you can kind of for, uh, take that answer and wrap into it as well. That are recruiting efforts today and your thoughts on sure. the schedule next year.
2: Yeah, uh going into the Gator Bowl last year, I, I mentioned that Leggett is going to be a breakout player. Now, I didn't think he'd have multiple touchdowns in that game. I didn't think he would be the new incredible Hulk this offseason. He's probably gained like 15 pounds of muscle. I He's think huge. he could be a, I mean, a wide receiver one even. I know Juice is, is the guy everybody's focused on. But you're going to see teams double Juice. You're going to see teams bracket coverage Juice. So this is a great opportunity for Leggett to – you know, kind of get to being that kind of wide receiver one type SEC player. Looking forward to seeing uh Eamon Wari's development. I think he has a chance to be a all American type safety here as a sophomore. They're gonna probably use him at like outside linebacker a little bit. He's a he's a hybrid player. I know previously I've kind of mentioned that he reminds me of some of those Alabama hard hitter, hit hitting guys, Ruben Foster types. Maybe he didn't have that, you know, that level of talent yet, but he can certainly get there. And then recruiting, man, I, I tweeted, like, on Monday just for everybody to just settle down and hold their horses on these commitments that they're going to be getting. Um, it's coming. yeah. I know five-star Dylan Stewart has trimmed his list to five. I think it's closer to three with South Carolina, Ohio State, and Georgia. That's the three I think he's looking at. Gamecock staff is doing everything they can to sort of stress his importance in that 2024 cycle as the pinnacle of the class. He's the kind of kid that if you get committed, then there are going to be several others that follow with the domino effect. And then Jonathan Paler is a guy who here in North Carolina, I've, I've seen him live a couple times last season, very good slot receiver. I don't I don't think Shane Beamer is going to lose a head-to-head recruiting battle against Dave Doran. Um, I do think Maryland's a team that could sign him. Kevin Sumlin, Josh Gaddis, those are two new staffers for Mike Loxley. He's put together a really good offensive staff. But if they do sign Payler. Mazio Bennett, maybe one more guy that need to have that six two six three range. Then, then Justin Steph has to feel really good about that wide receiver group, you know, moving forward. And the
4: schedule for uh, next year—I I know it's temporary—but um, your thoughts on how it kind of unfolded?
2: Ooh, twenty twenty four schedule for South Carolina—it's it's actually uh, favorable, in my opinion, compared to some of the other schools. Um, there, you know, there's three certainly winnable non-conference games. They're going to Wipe the floor with Old Dominion, Akron, Wofford. Game at Clemson is going to be tough. And then at Alabama and Oklahoma and LSU, that's three games that Gamecocks won't be favored to win. But there's five others. I mean, there's five others that if South Carolina finishes five and three in the SEC, sweeps to non-conference, then that's nine and three, which is another great year for Beamer. Um, Gamecocks are the only team in the SEC next season that plays Missouri, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Ole Miss. So you have to like how that schedule kind of um, played out. But, yeah, at Alabama and LSU, has two brutal games. You got to go three and one against the
4: uh, previous four that you mentioned and then the big four that you mentioned. You you got to find a way to sneak one out of you that. You got to start beating in.
2: Missouri, man. You, you, well, that's you just true. got to beat
4: Missouri. Well, that's their
2: bugaboo.
4: I mean, they, yeah. they finished eight and five last year. They'd have been nine and four if they beat Missouri.
2: Well, at, well, had they beaten Missouri, they probably would have split Tennessee and Clemson. Y'all know how it goes. I mean, well, that's true. Well, they, you
4: know? <laughs> they also probably wouldn't have been in the uh, – actually, they might have been in the Gator Bowl still. They might they – no. I don't know. You did, It's not like it used the to Florida be. The Florida game is well still
2: the that's, – that's the – like the game at Florida to me was almost more surprising than the win over Tennessee because that game was at home at least and we know the Gamecocks played pretty well at home. The game at Florida, man – Florida was not a good team, and they just did not show up that afternoon. No, they sure Zero so offensive up. points, you know. Can you yeah. tell it still bothers me? Yeah. yeah, yeah I, it
3: needs yeah. it eats at all of us, but, yeah. But I, like
4: you said, the, the road stuff is just really strange. I mean, it really is. You go to Kentucky, you win the game. I, I get it. Will Levis wasn't in there. It's all anybody wanted to talk about for a while. They still won. They also went to Clemson and won. But you went to Florida and never never even woke up in the hotel room. I mean, you just yeah. – Slept It was nuts, Brad. Great stuff. I I, I think we were uh, probably way overboard with how long we were supposed to keep you here, but um, you're you're so good at it. You're much better than we are. So we we did, uh, on, <laughs> but uh really do appreciate it. We'll we'll talk soon. And next um, time I have, come
2: on, now, now you guys need to watch Rock of Ages before okay. I come on next time. So you got about two weeks before Media Days.
4: I wrote it down. So Rock that's that's Ages. on the list
2: because this is that time of year,
4: you know, where you're what do yeah. we fill time with it, it, I'm almost to the time where I go back and start watching all the games again but I gotta get there because you watch them all and then you're like oh crap I still got two yeah. minutes left so, I don't well uh, I
2: don't I don't, don't want to watch any more Marcus Satterfield uh, games so no uh, I was gonna say yeah only two on minutes. that
3: yeah
4: careful his wife might block you on Twitter
2: Brad careful That's what okay. you say. yeah
4: I got blocked never you said anything about the guy I actually defended him not anymore
2: I'm still blocking my Chad Morris, but that's another conversation anyway.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Happy fourth, brother. Thank you. All right, fellas. See y'all. There you go. Brad Brad
2: Crawford,
4: uh, 24-7 sports. Great stuff. Got to hit a timeout. We'll be right back.
0: If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong gamecock fan, and many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been a hundred percent satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414 5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Coach Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. Endless summer. Go tiger.
4: Columbia, and
0: Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy?
3: Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
0: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and
2: securing it properly.
0: You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stoneblatton.
2: Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy, Matt Odom, has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or HeritageDigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City.
4: Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more and they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show.
0: My bikes are trusted! The the ELECTRIC yeah. the AND ELECTRIC FICE AND ELECTRIC FICE AND
5: MLS 2229, L-O-N-M-L-S, 1772182.
4: Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Dough Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated.
3: What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes Florida. And you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cocks. Oh, a
0: deep drive to left. Morgan looks up, and it is.
3: 2 is sent to center, and this one is going to be long gone.
0: Shot the opposite field from passes, and it's gone. 2-0. That's driven deep to left. Langford looks up, and it's gone.
1: Oh, Bill!
4: Oh, yeah, man? Yeah, Brad. Brad could be on both hours every day if you want him to be, but that would require some money. I'm so, gonna say that's pro- that's
3: probably gonna cost you. I can.
4: <laughs> if y'all wanna, if y'all wanna nil us, we can figure this thing out. <laughs> that's right. I can tell you how it works but you're going to have to cough
0: up some
3: some dough boys and yeah, girls some of, some of these guys we we are uh, extremely fortunate to have on the show even intermittently yeah. well, I'm not, by the way i'm not saying that brad charges us no no yeah by the, the way show. we do not pay brad crawford yeah. to come on the show that's what makes us fortunate uh, yeah. is that we can get you know guys like that to come on yeah
4: what i'm saying is if he was a part of it every day that would mean he's you know part of it every day which would require you to pay him so <laughs> um but uh, someone did ask uh, bruin Brad thinks that Martha Brad thinks that Maryland has a better chance than NC state to land Paylor. Did I hear that right? Yeah. What he was saying there was, uh, Jonathan Paylor has a better relationship with the new coach. I mean, I got to give Mike Loxley credit. I mean, hiring Kevin Sumlin and coach Gaddis. those are, those are, you know, if they can't recruit to Maryland, the three of them, then I don't, I don't know sure. what's going to happen, but he's got a good relationship with them. And, um, he thinks that Shane Beamer can will out recruit Dave Dorn on that. At the end of the day, none of this matters. I, I if I had a crystal ball to put in right now, Jonathan Paler is gonna be at South Carolina, period, the end. So yeah. um it would take it would take a it just ain't gonna happen. <laughs>
3: yeah, and between that and, you know, some of the portal additions and, and, and Nick Harbor, I think, you know, we can we can finally Put aside the narrative that Justin Step is a, you know, not the best recruiter, which I think yeah. is absolutely, which I thought was been foolish the entire time. <laughs> like, yeah, come sure. It's really, you do know who all he's coached right in the past before he got here. And yeah, recruiting yeah. is important, but you also need to develop and have the receivers not been better since Step? Stepped into the building. I mean,
4: oh man, yeah, they're I really good. I
3: say yes. <laughs>
4: yeah, they're really good. He's um, uh, he's really good. He is really, really good. Actually, I think I saw on Twitter he had the whole receiving core. at It is not the whole receiving core, but a lot of them at <laughs> his uh, at his house last night, and that included Trey Knox. It just goes to shape the, the tight end room, not all of them, but the tight end room and the wide receiver room are going to be kind of blended. Yeah. It's gonna be kind of blended. And I think um, if you happen to happen to listen to Pat DeMarco last week on our program, I think you got a little bit of an inside look at at um, how somebody like Coach Loggins, who is uh, an NF quote NFL guy, can can bring his knowledge to the SEC or to college football but but because he's an nfl guy have the understanding of what these kids can and cannot handle it's it's generally like and again you know i i don't it's over and so i i just really am not a big fan of of going back and taking shots and stuff like that but when you're a college guy and you have a cup of tea in the nfl uh, or in, like in baseball, if you're a college guy and you go go to the big leagues, you, you know you have to be able to process the fact that those guys are the best players in the world, and the, the guys at the level below them in college, while some of them are, duh, yeah. uh, as, collectively they're not. And and you know so like in in college football or in football, I mean in football in general, it doesn't matter what level of football, peewee, the NFL, who cares. If one guy or two guys screw up out there, the whole thing goes, you know what? so so when you have a guy who and this has been explained to me, and so I'm trying to regurgitate it. Um, it really is common sense when you think about it, but you know I, I'd rather source out <laughs> when I have questions to somebody that knows more than I do. So why this guy went to the NFL for a year, right? He learned something in the NFL. Why did why did why didn't it work at Carolina? And again, well, when you're a college guy and you go to the NFL for a cup of tea and you come back to college and you forget that you were once here and those guys are a little bit different up there. Square peg round hole. Yeah, right. Yeah. But but <laughs> you know, when you when you kind of have that been there done that that Dow Loggins has. And he knows like there are things in the NFL that these guys can't do, but he also understands, like Pat kind of explained, like, hey, look, you walk into work at seven or eight in the morning. You're that's work. And you leave at whenever, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever time it is that you leave when you're done. That you're going to work. That's your job. And that's not the case in college football. So, you know, you've got a guy who understands that and and um Dow Loggins. I'll really, I'm really looking forward to seeing his offense, but I'm also interested in being able to compare and contrast his offense from week one to, like, week four. Like, week yeah. four. Like get through the Georgia game. You got Mississippi State at home the following week, Phil. You know, think if everybody's still healthy, just being able to go back and see him from week one and see him in week four – see what has changed, see who is playing, see who isn't playing. It'll be interesting.
3: yeah but I think you get it's interesting the way the schedule sets up for him specifically and in, and in in getting that look at the new offense and that you've got a solid team you're playing in the opener on a neutral field. Uh, you get a team you should wipe the floor with at home the next week. Uh, then you've got I mean <laughs> the toughest game on the conference schedule for anybody week three. Away. And then week four, you know, after that, you're, you know, putting together a a comparable team, although you're more talented, but still it's like, you know, it's still SEC competition and and you're going to get it all. You're going to get, you know, you're going to get to see how he responds to adversity. You're going to get to see how he, you know. Is he gonna run up the score are we gonna <laughs> in situations like that you know if what if one of these games is tight how's he is he gonna be tight call with the plays or if he, is he gonna you know you're gonna get a lot in that first four weeks I definitely agree
4: there. Yeah, absolutely i I'll say this too and and, and this gets set look this is kind of like a Homer comment uh, because we're a gamecock program. Clearly, I pull for South Carolina, but I also try to be fair. Uh, and because that's what you do when you're a professional. But at the same time, I don't, I don't, I want to make sure that that the Gamecocks get some credit here. Um, because every year, any other team in this league that has a a great quarterback, okay, and I'm not talking about the great teams in the league. I'm not. I'm not talking about Alabama. I'm not talking about Georgia. I'm not talking about the years that LSU was LSU, or anybody else. I'm talking about all of the blue collar programs in the SEC that are climbing to get to the level in which Georgia and Alabama have been to. Okay. So if it if if well, under rest in peace, but under Mike Leach, under Lane Kiffin now at Ole Miss, um, it, obviously the offensive system has something to do with this, but under Josh Heupel at uh, Tennessee. <laughs> we just saw this the last couple of years in Lexington. So under Coach Stoops last year specifically with Will Levis out in Arkansas. Every single team in this league, when they have a good quarterback, they are always given credit that because they have a good quarterback or a great quarterback that they can beat anybody on their schedule. And and I'm not saying that South Carolina is going to go beat everybody on their schedule. They're not. I don't think they are. Sure as hell hope they do. But they're not. But I'm not going to look at any game on this schedule either with a guy who's been there, done that, named Spencer Rattler, who has a guy that it, unless they just absolutely are not clicking, if they're not clicking, they're not clicking. If they are, they will. Like, there's not going to be any gray area. They're either going to click or they're not going to click. And all reports are they're clicking. I'm not taking any game off of this schedule that they can't win, and that includes going to Georgia. South Carolina has gone to Georgia every other year since 1992. It's not like
5: it's not like next year
4: they're going to go into (laughs) Oklahoma for the first time. Oh man, I tell you what, well, I tell you, that place is kind of big. They're, they're not intimidating. Now, that's no disrespect to Georgia. It's an unbelievable atmosphere. They bark at you and they pee on your leg and all those fun things. But, like, it is an outstanding home field advantage. They're the best team in college football. It's not even close. Not even close. But I'm just saying, when you have an elite quarterback, I don't think it's fair to this program to discount any game that's on the schedule because seemingly every, every other team in the SEC, when they walk into the year, fill with an outstanding quarterback, they're all, that's all you ever hear is, well, they've got so-and-so, so they can beat anybody. Well, why is that going to be any different for South Carolina? I mean, I can make the argument that the Gamecocks have the best quarterback-wide receiver combo in the league. And you know what? They've proven before that if you can't stop that in just one game, one game, you can beat anybody. Alshon and, and Steven proved it back in 2010. We've seen it before you don't have to go back that far juice. Wells and Spencer just proved it this past year twice. Yeah. All right. So, I mean,
3: so there's not... your example with an elite running back and without one, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause that's going to be the argument against the, you know, Steven and Alshon is well, Marcus Lattimore, <laughs> you yeah. know, when you're like, yeah, well, they didn't have Marcus Lattimore last year, if we'll remember. And, uh, <laughs> And I, yeah. I, I don't, like, I'm not
4: of, and this, this wasn't what Brad was saying. This has nothing to do with, with him being on here. I am not of the belief that this running back room is just flat on its face. Now, do I think they're really good? I No, I don't. I, I think that going into the year, based on the intel that I have, that they have to figure out how they're going to do it. And if they can figure it out, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. If they can't. It might be tough, okay? And and a lot of this we don't even know until the Braswell kid gets on campus, and we'll see what he can add to that room, and if they move someone else over there like Cameron Sandlin or whatever it may be. Don't know. Don't know. But as it stands today, no. Nah, nobody should be really confident about that. But they are also good enough to beat a lot of the teams on their schedule. A lot of them. And as it stands today, they're not good enough to beat Georgia. Don't Don't think they will. But if you have one moment, with one quarterback who can do it, Eminem once thing about it. You can do it. And and like, you know, in the SEC, I mean, Mississippi State has proven this with Mike Leach. Man, this guy can throw it all over the place. He's gonna give you a chance. He's gonna you gotta have the ball bounce your way a couple of times. There's no question about that. Carolina's right. defense has to show up and play, obviously. Can't just roll out there and get the crap beat out of them. They're not gonna go win a shootout. That's not gonna happen. But they they can do it. They're capable. Um, it's not like, like Missouri is not capable of going to Georgia and winning.
3: No, sorry. They're not capable of that. Even with that, you know, fantastic defensive performance they put up against them last year, but I believe that was in Como too. (laughs) You know, that, that was a, that was a sleepy Georgia team that came in. there. (laughs) Yeah. Florida
4: ain't beating Georgia. Georgia can embarrass them. Like, I, I I mean you know we we had inter- an interview we we interviewed it's you know Brad Crawford, but I a hundred percent agree with him. I Vardas, mm. mm. hey, put, dude, if they go five and seven, it is not off the table that they are like ah this hadn't worked. If it's anything less than that, he gone, he's yeah. gone, he's out. He's taking his much champ money and moving on. He's out of there. Yeah, I'm,
0: going, I'm, I'm. I'm. He's with going you on
3: to the I, Nick Nick Saban School of <laughs> Rehab. <laughs> That's right. You need to go to the Nick Saban Rehab School. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, come know, on, yeah. Billy.
4: We've had you around here before. You know the ropes. That's <laughs> right. You know how and it goes. Boat.
3: Come on. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Hop on in. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't think it's outside of the of the realm of possibility for Billy to lose his job this year. <laughs> no, I don't either. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't, and five and seven might even do it, depending on how it looks and how that Depen- pans You're out. Right. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I
4: agree with you, Phil. That's a great point. It's always picks are huge. Mm-hmm. It, it is, and 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 we always predict records and this, that, and the other. Nobody's ever right when they predict records, unless they say Georgia's going twelve and zero. I mean, that's that's, you know, but because uh, if you if you go twelve and zero, that you, no. they, they won all the games you predicted them to win clearly, yeah, but uh, pretty good. But if you if anything that's ever not twelve and zero or eleven and one or something like that you you're never right about that. Everybody always beats a team that they're not supposed to beat, and they lose to a team they're not supposed to lose to. It happens every single year. Vanderbilt did it last year; they beat Florida. So something wacky happens every year, and it gets wackier and wackier and wackier with the transfer portal, and. um the Gamecocks, the whack hope that the whack is on their side in twenty. That's, right. that's right. We just hope that that God smiles. <laughs> God bless Steve Spurrier. Well, that's God, right. God sure was smiling on the Gamecocks today. Yeah. <laughs> hey Greg, I hope you're right. I really do. Look, I, 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 you know, I think JC has already said this, and I, and I will, um, I will absolutely fall in line with him. If we've learned anything around here. Don't discount the carry-on
3: joiner. Yeah, right. yeah, that's Just a good way to lose money. Bet against,
4: yeah.
3: <laughs> against joiner. This kid has
4: done nothing but everything he's been asked. And when he's in there, he's – he made a – if it wasn't for his catch at East Carolina, they lose. If it wasn't for his performance against North Carolina, they lose. I mean, you know, and time and time again, I mean, Rattler gets all the hype for the Tennessee game – Um but if he didn't do what he did in that game coming in and out they lose or they, I don't know if they lose but they certainly don't ride the momentum early in that game that they did it is much tighter than it would have been at 25 so i yeah it's um uh, and you and there's there's 10 other examples it's crazy it's crazy um yes and he uh, Greg he has bulked up just saw him uh, not long ago and um he is uh he looks good man he looks like a running back he looks like an SEC running back I mean, I remember when Marcus was here, and there ain't a difference in size. I'm not I'm not comparing these two as running backs. That's idiotic. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just talking about from his, when you walk up, look at him, you're like, well, now, okay, well, hold on a second. Here. Oh, well, he he looks, looks like a running back. Guy looks good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Xavier Leggett, guy looks good. Which he told me, it's Leggett, by the way.
3: Leggett, yeah, that's right. That's what he told me. He's country too, isn't he? Uh, that's, oh yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh,
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love it, it, man. It. I he, love said, it. he said, "He said it's yet, Bo." I said, oh, "Legit, Bo." <laughs> all right, all right. We got to get out of here. Perry Orth will lead us off tomorrow at eleven o five on Inside the Gamecocks. The show. We're painted garnet and black by a couple of painters, and we just cannot thank those guys enough. And if you need a sign, we tell you every day you shouldn't. We shouldn't have to tell you again. This will be the 10,000th time. Signorama in Columbia owned by Matt Vaughn. Gamecock owned and operated. Two more days until the 4th of July break. We hope you'll spend them with us. See you tomorrow. Thanks to Phil and Brad Crawford. Have a wonderful Wednesday.